Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. HomeKit rumors, Xiaomi's going smart home, Lowe's getting into installation services, Amazon Echo wait times five months, a Harmony API, OIC, what you did there, and much more on today's Smart Home Show. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. This is the Smart Home Weekly Update for the week beginning January 26, 2015, and we have a ton of news. Uh, it's getting to be very busy just this first month into Jan into 2015, and so we're going to be covering all of it here. If you want to get caught up in all the things that are happening in Smart Home, this is the place to be. We have an update on HomeKit and some rumors there, or some kind of updates there. We talk about Xiaomi, or Xiaomi, however you want to pronounce it, the Chinese phone maker that's uh, giving nightmares to Apple and Samsung in the Asian market, at least, as they are blowing it out of the water. They're talking about coming into the smart home space, also talking about coming into the U.S. market. And so we'll talk about that as well. We'll also talk about smart home installation services. I did an article for Forbes this week looking at how retailers like, like Lowe's are getting into installation services as this smart home becomes ever more of a mass market, there's uh, they have this idea that maybe they want someone to help consumers install this stuff because it might not be as easy as everyone wants it to be, and consumers may also welcome that. So there's a business there. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that you can, as always, get all the news and information that we talk about on this podcast at in written format at smarthomeweekly.net. In addition to just listening to me talk about it, you can find the articles, etc. Also, I'll be going to South by Southwest, which is, uh, as you if, you if you know about it, it's one of the biggest... I guess gatherings of tech and media and, and pretty much every world getting together. It's a mashup conference and, and uh, confab or whatever you want to call it in Austin. It's a, it's a big show and I'll be, and I'll be moderating the only smart home panel at the whole thing. I mean, they literally have hundreds of panels and sessions and I'm the guy moderating the smart home panel. So I'm also thinking of possibly doing a smart home mixer or get together or happy hour. So if you're interested in that, feel free to ping me. Uh, podcast at nextmarket.co. Uh, and if you're interested in being a sponsor for that, I'm probably going to have a sponsor for that. So just so just feel free to contact me about that as well. So I'd love to see you there. If you listen to the show, um, I'd love to get together because, as always, it's nice to talk to people uh, about smart home stuff. So let's get on to the news. There was an interesting story uh, out of 9to5Mac this past week that talked about and revealed what is possibly some new information about what Apple's doing with HomeKit with regards to bridging to other technologies like Z-Wave or Zigbee. And basically what the story said is they are going to allow and enable uh, Wi-Fi to Z-Wave and Zigbee bridges. And it looks like they'll probably probably be third-party devices, much like you saw with Insteon. If you uh, heard me talk about it before or, or read my CES wrap-up, Insteon has done a HomeKit to Insteon hub. That is uh, officially approved by Apple. And it looks like Apple is going to allow that to happen for Z-Wave and Zigbee as well. So I think that's interesting. I think Apple is uh, looking like they're smart enough to realize that while they may have somewhat of a closed Apple-like ecosystem with HomeKit, they shouldn't shut out all the different technologies like Z-Wave and Zigbee because it's a big 
world out there. There's lots of installed technologies. And by bridging to home, by bridging to Z-Wave and Zigbee, that allows them to connect to tons of devices. Also allows them to get into the service provider smart home networks. As you may or may not know, the, the service provider networks from the likes of ADT and Comcast use Z-Wave and Zigbee. So this will allow HomeKit to live in there and they won't be just living on an island with Wi-Fi and, and Bluetooth. Although that's a big island. Don't get me wrong. That's a big island to be on. Uh, you, you, you can expand the universe, certainly by ex including these other technologies, and Apple's looks like they're going to do it. The next story is Xiaomi. If you've heard of Xiaomi, uh, you're, it's probably not a surprise. They are blowing, blowing it out of the water with low-priced smartphones in the Asian market. Their Chinese manufacturer really have only been around a few years, but they're, they sold 60 million smartphones in 2014. Now think about that. That's a huge number. And how they're doing it is doing it at really, really, really low prices. They're selling just above margin using low-cost manufacturing and, and really kind of blowing it out of the water by selling it at these low prices and copying to some degree the, the Apple look and feel, the, the Apple design aesthetic. Not surprising that they're looking to expand to the Western market and see if they can have some success here. And they probably can, but they're also looking at bringing or entering the smart home as they enter into different markets. So their CEO got up and had a talk the other day, talked about how they're looking to enter smart home, how they're doing investments and looking at acquisitions for the smart home. And so that's interesting. That, that'll be interesting to watch. They actually have a few products already coming out with. Um, they have this security and sensor uh, product that they, they I have a picture on at the smarthomeweekly.net. You can see it there. So they're serious about things. By all accounts, they're serious. And so we'll see. We'll see what, how they do. I'm, my feeling is being a pure low-cost provider in the U.S. market or North America could be beneficial if you're a – and it could work really well if you're a point products provider, if you're not providing the entire ecosystem that other products want to connect into and thrive with. Uh, think, you know, Apple with HomeKit or think, you know, Nest. You know, if you want to be one of those guys, kind of the, the center – you want to be the hub and the other guys be the spoke – I think being the low-cost provider isn't necessarily the winning strategy. You need you need to have a brand name that people are comfortable with, both product manufacturers as well as consumers. You have to have a well-defined software strategy, a fairly open one, at least to a certain degree. Um, and, and you kind of have to start from there. And so whether or not Xiaomi can build that here, because I have a feeling that kind of the intentions it looks like they want to be a platform company in Smart Home, uh, we'll see if they can do that. Um, I mean, certainly they've proven that they can take market share in the Asian market with, with low-cost approach, with with pretty good-looking feel to their products. But we'll see if that works for Smart Home. It's definitely one to watch. Um, you can, read again, read more of my analysis at smarthomeweekly.net to find out about that. Next piece of news, this past week, a Lowe's-backed company called Porch.com got a pretty big round of funding. And what they are is a local installer and, and uh, tradesman marketplace. So if you want someone to, uh, you want access to a plumber or someone to work in your yard or, or do your siding, um, this is a marketplace for those types of services that, that you know, that Lowe's has aligned with and other companies are now investing in. It started to get me to think about what this type of marketplace could do for smart home and whether or not installation services could be a viable market. And this isn't certainly the first time I thought about this, but this kind of re- uh, helped me kind of reimagine and think about it a little more. And so I wrote a piece for Forbes about this. Uh, and you, again, you can find the link for that at smarthomeweekly.net. But it's interesting that, that, you know, Lowe's could potentially use this 
as well as another business. I was reminded by a reader based on my article that Lowe's already is kind of in the smart home installation services business with a business or a company called InstallerNet. So they're already kind of in this business. And what I think happens here, what I think ultimately could happen is when you look at consumers and you think about consumers in, in the broad sense, like your, your mom and your dad or, or, or someone who's not technical and they want something to be connected and connected into a, a network, a, a smart home system, something that may have electrical wiring or plumbing. You know, not everything is truly DIY. I, kind of, I wrote it on Forbes that the great, the big lie about smart home is the fact that, you know, we call a lot of it DIY when even stuff that's DIY might ultimately be hard for some people to install. I mean, a, a smart lock, I can, I think I can install most smart locks, but, but actually they're kind of difficult. I think some people I know probably couldn't install those because you have to take out the lock me mechanism, turn screws, and, and sometimes the lock mechanism doesn't quite fit right and it, it becomes kind of a pain. So I think there are a lot of people who probably wouldn't want to do that or probably couldn't do that. And so bringing a layer of installation service expertise to your smart home retail business it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that's what Lowe's and other folks like maybe Best Buy have in mind. And so I think that business ultimately is going to grow. Um, I think certainly that FrenchPorch.com could be part of the strategy for Lowe's in addition to InstallerNet. I think Geek Squad for Best Buy uh, may also be looking at smart home services. And so we'll keep an eye on that. I think that's one to watch in 2015. Another big piece of news, if you're at all uh, into home theater, if you're at all into connected home entertainment, you probably know about Logitech and their Harmony line of universal remotes. They're by probably the most popular universal remote, the Harmony line of universal remotes. And they, Logitech, uh, showed their interest in smart home, I think in October, when they announced their first smart home-centric remote that would also not only be a universal remote for entertainment, but also for the smart home. And so that was interesting, and it showed that this big company, Logitech, was getting into smart home. Well, I think their bigger strategy was just revealed last week when they announced their Harmony API, which is an API that allows smart home device makers and, and, and folks who want to connect their device into the Harmony remote ecosystem. They can now do that via the Harmony API. So, you know, one of the themes I outlined uh, for my look forward in 2015 for the smart home was that there's a big focus on cross uh, company, cross industry, openness and collaboration. This could involve standards, obviously, uh, but it also involves companies being fairly open with regards to their technology, opening up APIs and letting others have access to it so that companies can build to and build around their products. And I think when you look at uh, the Logitech Harmony remotes, I think they are a you know fairly popular uh, universal remote and I think so. I think it's a big deal. One of the battles I also outlined for 2015 was the uh, the battle for the, the smart home interface, be that you know a physical interface or, or whatever the control interface. I think the Harmony remote from from Logitech. I'm sure they're thinking that their remotes could ultimately be the smart home control interface. And what's interesting is you know these universal remotes have access to voice control, they have gesture control, some of them. And so you start to think about the possibilities of having access to voice control and putting a layer of that type of control using your Logitech Harmony remote onto your smart home makes things kind of interesting. So we'll keep an eye on that. Speaking of control interfaces, those of you who are lucky enough to have your Amazon Echo, uh, which is Amazon's entry into kind of the connected speaker market, but much more than that, um, while it may on the surface look like a Sonos competitor because it's a wireless speaker, 
the integrated voice control and access to you know Amazon's computing engine and and voice recognition engine in the cloud makes it potentially much more than that. And and Amazon announced this uh, with to surprise most everyone a few months back. And so what they said at the time is you you can order one if you're a um, if you are a Amazon Prime member you get on our waiting list. And order order one. I didn't try to get one as a an analyst or a press person. I just tried to get one through my normal, through the kind of the normal route, which is as an Amazon Prime member. And so I signed up for the waiting list. And just last week, I got my email saying, "Hey, you can order it now." So I got super excited about this, and I went in and ordered it. And then I got the confirmation email as you do when you order something from Amazon. I thought, cool. I thought it's going to be here. And I looked at it, and it's actually your. Uh, it said your Amazon Echo will be here somewhere between June and mid July. I mean, literally, we're in January. This is five months out that they say my Amazon Echo is going to be here. Um, and this is in limited release to Amazon Prime users. Now, they may be playing games, maybe giving us really long you know, windows saying that it'll be here in five months from now and they ship it in a month. So we'll, we'll pump up the satisfaction score saying, hey, I got it way early. I'm happy. But that's really kind of ridiculous that a product from Amazon is five months out. I mean, how long... I mean, it's just kind of crazy, particularly because it's just available to Amazon Prime members. So kind of surprising to me. Um, I think, you know, Amazon Echo is going to be really interesting to watch, you know, talking to some of my sources uh, who are familiar with Amazon's strategy. Um, they definitely have designs on the smart home market. Um, they originally anticipated or uh, ex were planning on putting or looking at putting smart home intelligence into the first generation of the Fire TV, but apparently pulled back on that a little bit. Based on, you know, from the very top, Bezos basically felt they weren't quite ready. But I think over time, the Fire TV evolves to become the smart home hub. And, and the Amazon Echo uh, could also be that, if not just the, the control interface that allow you to access all of these intelligent devices uh, using voice control. So we'll see what happens there. I'm a little bit bummed that my Echo's five months out. I think it's interesting that they're currently at that delay. But I just thought that uh, was at least newsworthy to some degree. The next piece of news, the OIC, uh, the Open Interconnect Consortium, which is a, a Internet of Things and smart home software framework trying to kind of be the standard for uh, the, the, the Internet of Things to connect everything, provide that kind of software glue. Uh, they announced their preview release of their open source software framework, IOTivity. Now, it's kind of confusing, and you'll, you'll I think if you want to really know what's going on with them, I have a podcast conversation with uh with these guys coming up just this week so keep tuned for that stay tuned for that but based on what i i know about these guys based on my conversation with them basically what they release is the open source code uh, for the for what they are eventually going to help build a standard with their standards is going to be released in the first half of 2015 this is not that it's the open source code which is essentially ultimately going to be a reference implementation that you can build to the standard with um, so if you want to build to the IOC, OIC standard, you want to have certified OIC hardware, uh, this is the place to start with this reference implementation, the, this preview release that they just put out. Um, so I think that's interesting. This follows on the news from the All Scene Alliance at CES, uh, who released their all-joined gateway agent. So the All Scene Alliance at CES announced that, that they're releasing a gateway agent that allows companies to uh, enable remote access to an all-join managed network. So all-join is another Internet of Things standard. Uh, also can be uh, considered a smart home standard because uh, smart home is basically under the larger umbrella of Internet of Things. So with the new gateway agent, again, 
basically what they're doing is creating software that can go into routers, smart home hubs, gateways that will allow your all join managed devices within your smart home network to connect to cloud services. And so that was announced to see us. So clearly we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, effort by the OIC as well as all seen uh, to, to really kind of in this battle to be the standard. Now I ultimately think that a lot of big companies will implement both on their hardware. I mean, it's ultimately it's software. Um, you don't necessarily need to have additional chips. This isn't like HomeKit, which actually requires a specific security chip. These are software frameworks. Um, so I think a lot of big companies ultimately will have both of these technologies and these software frameworks on their devices in time. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on there. That's what's going on this week. That's kind of the big news. I have a few kind of quick updates, just a few mentions I want to mention before we end the podcast. A company called Bolente, B. O-L-L-E-N-T-E, released a smart water circulation pump that monitors uh, and controls your, your water. I think it's kind of part of a theme that I've noticed that you're seeing more and more devices around the water network in the home. Lowe's had a water shutoff valve, a smart water shutoff valve that they announced just a month or two ago. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Canary, if you're familiar with Canary, we've been talking about them for a while. They were one of the smart DIY smart security appliances that I've been talking and writing about this past year. Um, they finally shipped to backers. So these are one of the companies that did a fairly successful Kickstarter campaign in 2013. They were at CES 2014 uh, and they took a year to get, get really kind of ready to ship. And so they're shipping to backers. So I think, I, I think it's always worth a mention because I tend to, you know, sometimes give uh, startups a bad time when they're, they haven't shipped when they're shipping late. So I think it's worth mentioning when companies do ship and Canary's finally shipping. Neo, another Kickstarter-backed startup, is just in the early life compared to, to uh, Canary, who's now shipping. They launched a successful Kickstarter campaign for a smart home remote. Now, I don't think Logitech is uh, losing sleep yet, but Neo is looking to be a smart home remote uh, and, and interface. So I think that's an interesting one there. I think they're well over their target at this point. I think they're at $800,000 or so with like two weeks to go. So uh, they're one to watch. Again, you can find the link to that at smartomweekly.net if you want to read more about them. And finally, the Almond Plus, which is a smart home and home router, is now shipping. Securify, which is a company behind the Almond Plus, they had a Kickstarter for that uh, a while ago. And so it took a little while. They were a little bit delayed, and now they're finally shipping. So, you know, this this idea that smart home intelligence ultimately is built in to other devices, this has been one of the themes I've written about looking at the long-term validity of the smart home hub. I felt that the smart home router, or I felt that the router itself is actually a logical place, and these are one of the guys that are really putting it to the test. So it's good to see that they're shipping. You can go buy one on Amazon. And if you want to hear more about these guys, I actually have a conversation with Ron, their CEO, that I'll publish this week. So, again, a couple of really good podcasts coming up. Uh, if you want to hear my conversation with Ron, uh, feel free to tune in later this week on that. Well, that's it. That's the Smart Home Show for this week for January 26, 2015. That's all the Smart Home news that I can fit in this podcast. There's more. Uh, if you want to keep up to date on that, follow me on Twitter. Go to Twitter, at Michael Wolf. You can follow me there. I tweet about a lot of the news coming out. I also have a, a smart home group on LinkedIn. You can follow, follow that as well. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, go to smarthomeweekly.net. Check that out. You'll get all the different links and stuff and be updated when a new podcast is out as well. So lastly, if you haven't subscribed to the Smart Home Show, you know where to go. Go to technology.fm or just go to the smarthomeshow.com and that'll take you there as well. 
You can also find us in your usual podcast spaces like iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf. We'll talk to you soon.